Power Conference 2021. Tagged, Manifestation. Presents 8 days of experiencing and activating God's power throughout this month of March. The purpose of this conference is to unveil the sons of God and activate them to release the power of God resident in them. By so doing, manifest the fullness of God's glory here on earth. Be empowered as you watch and listen. Jesus is Lord. Chapter 2 verse 9 says, But ye are a chosen generation, 
a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that he should show forth the presence of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Keep that word, show forth. The easy version says, But you are a people that God has chosen. You are a group of priests who are servants of God, the King. You are God's own special people who obey, who only do what? Obey Him. You belong to God. He has taken you out of the dark and He has brought you into His great light. He has chosen you so. He has chosen you for a particular reason. He has chosen you so that you can tell people how great He is. How do we show forth? That which God has given to us, that which He has made us to be. How do we tell people how great God is? Amen. We are going to see another story exemplified by Jesus to show us how we are supposed to tell people how the mighty acts of God is, how the mighty power of God is, who He is, and how He works. Are we together? The book of Luke, chapter 4. From verse 31 says that he came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and taught them on Sabbath days. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for his word was with power. Jesus' word was with what? Power. That the prison, and in the synagogue there was a man which had the spirit of an unclean devil. And cried out with a loud voice, saying, Let us alone that I have what have we to do with thee? Thou Jesus of Nazareth, and thou come to destroy us, I know thee who thou art, the only the holy one of God. And I start to say, and Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace, and come out of him. And when the devil had shown him in the midst, he came out of him and hurt him not. 36. And they were all amazed and spake among themselves, saying, What a word is this? For this authority, for with authority and power, he commanded the unclean spirits and they came out. What word is this? Remember, the chosen generation, the peculiar people to do what? To show forth. Another version says, to tell. God has brought us out of darkness. God has empowered us to be his sons, to manifest. To manifest that dimension of his power, that tells of his mighty power, are we together? Then we are to manifest like Jesus did when he was on earth. Wherein others will see us, they will see the mighty power through us, of God through us. And what will they say? They will be asking, What word is this? What kind of powerful words are these? What kind of mighty men are these? Are we together? John 1 12. As many as received him, to them gave him power to become the sons of God. We are going to be praying this morning. That in every area of our lives, okay, and every area that we have seen that demons are operating, the devil is taking kind of is, is taking authority, is 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 using his exposure. We are going to be imposing it to the exposure of God this morning. This scripture that says, with what authority and power he commanded the great spirits. The authority and power is exosia and dunamis. So we are stepping up this in our prayers. We don't only want to operate in 
children. Now let's also enforce our two dynamics to operate through us. Are we together? Yes. She are going to be praying, oh Lord. Oh Lord. Empower me today. Empower me today. As I hear your word. As I hear your word. All that it takes. All that it takes. To operate. To operate. In exclusion. In exclusion. And two dynamics. As your son. As your son. Here on earth. Here on earth. Release unto me.
Lord, we thank you. Holy Spirit, we celebrate you. We welcome your presence. We thank you for the sixth day of this meeting. Five days you have led us. Five days you have helped us. We give you praise and glory. Be that exalted in the name of the Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, we recognize your presence. We welcome your presence. We answer you rule and reign in this meeting. Glorify Jesus. Let no flesh glory in itself. Teach us today, grant us revelation, illumination, and understanding that we may be, that we may know your ways. Amen. That we may exude your power here on earth. That we may exercise to be you here on earth. Yes. Thank you, Lord and King, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 We give God praise and glory. We thank Him for five days of this conference already done. And yes. um, God has been wonderful. God has been glorious. It has been by him and he alone. And I want to believe that I know very well that many of us have been blessed. Our lives have been transformed. Destinies have been changed. There have been beautiful signs and wonders. And we want to be massive salvation of souls. We give God all the praise for that. Amen and amen. amen. Praise God. We want to appreciate everyone who has been hooking up in these uh, meetings, who have been joining in, who has been participating. We want to say, be God bless you. Um, we know that your life is being transformed. We know that your destiny is being changed. And we always do Please do well to feedback us what God is doing in your life by our, our feedback channel on Chile or HolandMaceFree at Chile.com. Amen to Jesus. I want to appreciate all those on Spotify, on Breaker, on Anchor Radio, on Google Podcast, all the podcast channels that God has given us to push this world through. We want to appreciate everyone who has been getting blessed. Amen. We want to appreciate those who have been getting blessed through Facebook. We appreciate you. God bless you. Amen to Jesus. Please don't just get blessed alone. Do well to share the blessing with others. You have been giving to give. So please do not to share the blessing. We want to see the kingdom of God here on earth. I want to see the church take her place of dominion. And that's a purpose for conferences of this kind. Amen to Jesus. Um, I, want, um, I remember the first day of this conference, uh, Pastor took the opening charge. And um, after taking the opening charge, I discovered that her charge was just an introduction and a powerful um, um, push into um, the teaching I was to give. And I told her every day of the conference I will be taking the charge. And um, to the glory of God, it has been that every day of the conference, her charge always happens to be talking about what I'm going to talk about. Amen. It happens to be an introduction. It happens to be dealing with what I'm going to be dealing with, what I'm going to be dealing about, dealing with, and keep uh, getting us to pray in that line. Today, it is just the same thing. And believe you me, um, I don't tell her what I'm going to preach. Amen. Uh, I just told her, prepare your charge. And the Holy Spirit, who is one, and who is in charge of this meeting always makes sure that our 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 uh, teachings are, are one and the same. Amen to Jesus. Yeah. So that's making us that the Holy Spirit is the one in charge of this meeting. Today we're going to be talking about the precious gift. We're going to be uh, talking uh, understanding what we need for our words to become authority on earth, for we to become authority, for we to exude exosia and dunamis. That's basically what this teaching is going to reveal to us. And I believe that after this revelation, when you soak into it, your life will become a wonder to yourself first Amen. and to many around you. Amen, Amen to Jesus. Amen. Well, I will continue our teaching um, series, The Power of the Blessing, Part 6. We have been on the power of blessing since they walk this past six. I was doing it till past eight. Wow, that's wonderful. We thank God for the grace of God to do this. Amen. Amen. And uh, we are studying today 
exercising dominion daily through the gift of righteousness. Um, the previous day, the, uh, on, the, on the fifth day, that was on Tuesday, we studied exercising dominion daily through the abundance of what? Grace. Amen to Jesus. Amen. And so we're talking about dominion, dominion. And we understood that the blessing of God, that the blessing God gave to man had five components. And two, the first two components were, uh, were, 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 were for both man and every other creature, be fruitful multiply. But in the many three components, the predicates of Jesus and our dominion were specifically for man. And two out of these three remaining components that differentiates man from other creatures have has to do with one power. So you and have dominion. So to third of man's uh, of the blessing that is specifically for man entails power. Ninety percent of the blessing that is specifically for man entails what power. So you cannot afford to live life without power. It's dangerous. It's it is is it. High dangerous weeks to live life without power. Everybody is seeking for power, whether negative or positive. We learned about that a while ago. And as a child of God, you must know that you need to keep exuding, manifesting, showing the weight of God's power in your daily occurrence because there's no day exempted from the power consume. The Bible says, Sufficient enough is the evil for a day. Every day has its evil. Every day has a power cause. You have to keep throwing the power for every day. I get what I'm saying. There's no day you say today I don't want to throw the weight of God's power today. Today I just want to be home. Even when you sleep in your house, even when you are at home alone, when you say you will not look for trouble, trouble will look for you. As a child of God, you don't even look for trouble. Martial law is there for what? Self-defense. Why? Because they know that there will be people who actually have what they call self-defense. Their nature is to offend people. So you must learn how to defend yourself. Are you know what I'm saying? Like, that's why there's a shield of faith. Faith is a defense medium. Are you getting me? You need to defend yourself from the fiery darts of the enemy. It's a watery shield. So you can't afford to be powerless. You can't afford to be powerless. Not in this time. Even when you're in your troubles, you will look for you. So you must be powerful. So the day that the trouble comes, your strength will be there to deal with it. Amen to Jesus. Amen. And there are times we need to go and look for trouble. What we are going to look for trouble? We have to go and take territories. We have to possess the land. I gave it to you, Sihon. The, uh, 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 um, the king, uh, 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 I gave it to you, Sihon. It says, contend with him in battle and war, possess the land. So, for you to possess lands, you have to look for trouble. You have to go and possess. The word possess in the Hebrew they actually means to dispossess. That is what you do. Somebody is actually possessing it and you want what? You want to dispossess it from the person. The Bible says, if a man comes into a city, will you not be, when you come into a strong man's house, will you not first of all bind the strong man before you lose his house? Actually, of God, our job every day is to do what? Is to dispossess the devil of our own possession. It's our own. But he's holding it as well as we dispossess it. We need to keep taking territories. The devil is mad about getting people to hell. We should be, we should be violent about dispossessing the devil of those people that belong to the kingdom of God. You know what I'm saying? And that's why we are here doing dispossessing the devil. So we need power to both look for trouble and to both defend ourselves when trouble comes. Amen. Amen. We look for the trouble because the devil sometimes he wants to, the gates of men is on the defense. That would say the gates of men should not be the gates of gates, it's just for defense. So the devil keeps defending himself. We have to be on the offensive. Taking territories. 
But today we have a church that is so defensive. All we want is money for myself and my family, house for myself and my family, car for myself and my family. God take care of me and my family, and everything is done. So what about those who are going to hell? God does not care about them. So we are created to be on the face. We must keep hitting the gates of hell, and we must keep taking souls from hell. Praise God forevermore. And that's why we need power. So I exercise the dominion ministry to give to Russia. Romans chapter 5 verse 17 says, For if by one man's sin, if by one man's offense, death bring by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. So this grant us revelation into your world in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, from this verse, we used this verse in our previous lesson and we understood abundance of grace. Today we are going to be studying um, the gift of righteousness. Now, from the above verse, we understand that the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness are joined together by the conjunction and. And whenever you, 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 you see the conjunction and joining two things, two phrases or two words, it means that they go together. That means they are inseparable. Praise God. So whenever, wherever there is abundance of grace, there is of necessity the gift of righteousness and vice versa. Praise God. So they, they cannot be separated from each other. You cannot say I'm enjoying the abundance of grace and then I'm not enjoying the gift of righteousness. No. You cannot say I'm enjoying the gift of righteousness and I'm not, and I'm not enjoying the abundance of grace. No. They are interwoven. They go parry pursue. They go simultaneously. And they cannot be separated from each other. So if you understand the abundance of grace, you must necessarily understand the gift of righteousness. Both of them go together for man to dominate here on earth. And amen to Jesus. Same will be dominated by the revelation of the abundance of the grace of God. We also dominate by the word, by the revelation of what? Of the gift of righteousness. It is impossible for, for us to dominate with only one. Are you getting me? Is it possible for us to dominate with only one? That's how you see that the teaching of grace is released. You discover that the teaching of righteousness must come out too. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah, because without grace, there is no righteousness. Without righteousness, there is no grace. Both of them go parry pursue. And like we said in our previous teaching, the, teach, the revelation of grace is the revelation of Jesus. Amen to Jesus. Now, so what is the gift of righteousness? Let's go this. What is the gift of righteousness? The phrase, the gift of righteousness, reveals to us that righteousness is a gift, not a word. Righteousness is what? A gift is not what? A word. Gifts are free. Is that not so? Gifts are free. You don't want to get them. Either you want to marry them. The giver of the gift is the one who wants to provide the gifts for you. So gifts are free. Righteousness is a gift, and gifts are free. You don't want to marry gifts. You don't want to get gifts. The one who gives you the gift is the one who works for the gift. When somebody comes to give you a birthday gift, he gives you a car as a birthday gift. He works to get that car. Is that also? And then he came to give it to you as a gift. Praise God. Hallelujah. So you cannot say, I worked for the birthday gifts. No. What did you work? It was your work to be alive. If I have been alive, it's not your work. It's by the, it's by the gift of God. Praise God. Now, so the, the general thing about gifts is that gifts are free. Amen. Being a righteousness is a gift. It is not to be worked for or merited by men. Are you hearing me? It's not to be worked for or merited by men. Why? Because Jesus worked to merit it for us. The mindset of working to merit righteousness is a satanic ideology. Are you getting me? The mindset of working to get righteousness 
is a satanic ideology. And now there's something called, there's what you call the gift of righteousness, and there's what you call the fruit of righteousness. Are you getting what I'm saying? Without the gift, there is no fruit. Are you getting what I'm saying? Uh, that's why the Bible says our righteousness are but filthy rags. Filthy rag righteousness is righteousness that does not come from the gift that tries to work out righteousness. That's filthy rag righteousness. And it cannot stand before God. In fact, it can't even stand before the man doing it. When you, when you try to work out your righteousness, one of the things that you always experience is condemnation. Self condemnation. Self condemnation. That's what we call, some people used to do what they call penance. Penance is trying to punish yourself for your sin. And see some of them, those dead, then they will tread with their knees from a long distance to the church. And their knees are bleeding. They are trying to punish themselves for their sins. Some others, they carry weeds and they flog themselves. They are back sore. They are trying to flog themselves uh, to punish themselves for their sin. In other words, they are trying to walk out their righteousness. And walking out your righteousness ends you in condemnation on a consistent basis. Why? Because without the gift, you cannot get the fruits. Praise God for evermore. So Jesus wants for us to make, for Jesus wants to merit righteousness for us. Same way I give you a car key, I want to merit the car so that I can give it to you. Same way Jesus worked to merit righteousness and then gave it to us as a gift. Second Corinthians 5 verse 21 makes us understand this for he had made him sin to be, he had made him to be sin for us. Who Sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. He had made Him to be seen. The work that Jesus did was Jesus was made sin. That work, if you think it was easy, but right. Even doing penance alone is not easy. Let alone be made the embodiment of sin. That was a, a, an eternal work that Jesus did so we can be made what the righteousness of God in Him. The key to reigning and ruling in life is the revelation that righteousness is a gift. That's the key to reigning and ruling in life as children of God. See, so long as you keep seeing righteousness as a work you have to do, uh, I have to say, try to live holy. If you try to live holy, you never live holy. Are you understanding? In the Old Testament, God told them, Be holy, for I am what? I am holy. Praise God forevermore. But in, in the New Testament, the Bible says, Blessed be God, who has, who, 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 I'm paraphrasing, it says, Who has who, um, predestinated us to be holy in love before the Father? Amen. Amen. So in the Old Testament, God told them to be holy. But in the New Testament, God and Christ made us holy and in love before the, New Te before the Father. So in the New Testament, why God tells them to be holy? In the Old Testament, so why God tells them to be holy? In the New Testament, Christ has made us holy. Not just holy, he has made us holy in love before the Father. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, so long as you keep trying to be righteous, you keep remaining unrighteous. Like somebody said, trying is a way of not doing. <laughs> trying is a way of not doing. So long as you keep working to be righteous, remain unrighteous. Why? Because you don't work for gifts, you receive gifts. gifts. Amen. Amen. So the way to rule and reign in life is a revelation that righteousness is what they give. And you see, Lord Princess are timid, they are perfected, they are, they are grounded, they are messed up in life. Why? Because they, keep, they are still trying to work out their righteousness. And you will never rule 
so long as you are trying to walk out of righteousness. Are you getting what I'm saying? What is a gift? What is a gift? In this verse of scripture that we are examining, which is uh, Romans 5 and 17, the word for gift here is from the Greek word doria. 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 Now, there's another word for gift. We may talk about the gift of the Holy Spirit. That word is chrisma. Amen. But this one in this, in this particular verse is doria. And it means a gift. It means a gratuity. See, I'm going to be, be, be studying on that word gratuity. Because the, the beauty of that word is what comes in here. Amen. Amen. A gratuity. A gratuity. Amen. The Webster Dictionary defines gratuity as something given voluntarily or beyond obligation, usually for some service, especially a tea. That's one of the definitions. So, gratuity is what? Something given what? Voluntarily, keyword, second keyword, or beyond obligation. You are not obligated to do it. It's voluntary. Usually for what? Some service, service. And especially, it is called what? A tip. So you see people who give tips to somebody who does well. Amen. Like one of, one of, one, 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 one uh, great man presently said, said I'm a very wonderful tipper. When I see somebody who does a great job, say, but I'm a very miserable tipper. When I see somebody who does a good job, I hear what I'm saying. So, tips, gratuity is the word. Righteousness is a tip. Amen. Because it's gratuity. Praise the Lord. So, the definition of gratuity reveals that a gratuity is one first. Giving, that is to say, it is a gift, not a reward or a payment for service rendered. You know what I'm saying? It is a gift. Not a reward, not a payment, it is a gift for a service render. So in other words, the, the, the gratuity, as it were, is not the salary. It's an addition. It's a gift. The waiter who is serving, his salary is $300 per month. I don't say it. But for a good job done, a, a, a client, a customer looks at him and likes the way he does his, um, his job very excellently and he gives him what? $10 That $10, is that part of his salary? No, it's just a gift. So that is what righteousness is, is a tip. Amen. Number two, gratuity, uh, gratuity reveals that a gratuity is voluntary, not obligatory. The, the, the waiter cannot say, customer, can't you see that I'm serving well? Customer, give me something. When he begins to demand for something, it's no longer what a gratuity. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. It's meant to be on the volition of the world, of the customer. So it's voluntary. Number three, it is given for a service render. That means a service must be rendered for a gratuity to be given. Even though it is not a salary, but without service, there's no gratuity. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are, 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 are you getting me? And, I, and, and it amazes me in that you see a generation of people who want to do nothing but want to receive tips. And you get what I'm saying? Right now. And number four is on the prerogative of the giver. On the prerogative of the word giver. That's why it's voluntary. He can choose to give. He can choose not to give. The waiter has no right to make demands on him. The waiter cannot get angry. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He can't get angry because it's not meant to be as it were. But if you choose to do it, then you appreciate it, you thank God for it. 
I learned about some that, that, that there's a particular place I went to wash my car and when they wash your car, they finish washing and you pay them the 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 the, 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 the bill for washing. And the guy stands and looks at me, he was standing and looking at me. And I was like, what's happening? The price he told me was this. I have paid for it. What are you standing and looking at me for again? And some of my son was like, hey, that's what they do, add something for me. That's what you guys did. If you did a good job washing my car, I'll be fine and I'll choose to tip you. If I choose not to tip you, you have no right to stand and get angry. The guy was actually getting angry because I was refusing to tip him. That's crazy. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's based on the prerogative of the giver. If I choose to tip you, fine. If I don't choose to tip you, fine. It's my money. I'm the one working for it. <laughs> you have worked for your own money. I'm giving you the money you have worked for. If you don't get a tip, it's your business. Pray hard so the next time I come, I give you a tip. That's what you do. Amen. And number five is an appreciation, a motivation, or a boost given to the service giver by the service receiver. So you see, it's an appreciation. Is a motivation or is a boost? I'm happy to take it off. Amen. Yeah. Now, so relating the above understanding we have derived of gift, precisely gratuity, with righteousness, we know from 2 Corinthians 5 21 that God is the giver of righteousness. Is that not so? And everybody in Christian is the receiver. Amen. First, righteousness is what? Given by God to everyone who receives Jesus as Lord and Savior. Are you understanding? Righteousness is given by God. God is the giver of righteousness. Everybody in child of God is a receiver. That's the first understanding to have about righteousness. So God gives it to you when you receive Jesus. Are you getting what I'm saying? Number two, righteousness is voluntarily given by God to all born again Christians. So we do not have the power to obligate God to do it. <laughs> you see, when you understand guilt mentality, I was supposed to what do we have that we are not being, that are not being given to us? And if everything we have was given to us, why do we now brag as though we merited it? See, one of the problems we have in Christianity is that we have this entitlement mentality. And it's destroying us a great deal. We are not entitled to anything, we have been giving everything. In fact, the only thing we are entitled to is a target. So when, when Jesus came and gave us eternal life, it is not our entitlement. It's a gift, and we must live our life perpetually thankful to God for that gift. So you see, Christians come to God, they let me see what they manage to get born again. Now they are born again. They are demanding from God as if God is going them something. God, my house, God, my car. See, faith is not demanding from God as if it's your entitlement. Faith is actually receiving from God. There's a difference between demanding with the entitlement mentality and receiving with the word grateful hearts. But today, we take faith as demanding from God with the entitlement mentality instead of what receiving with a grateful heart. And we tell them, we thought Christians, know your right in Christ. Who gave you the right? You are left. <laughs> and so my request. I want to say you have to start oppressing, but let me go oppressing God with all your rights. God, I have a right to life. I have a right to freedom of speech. I have a right to wait, 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 wait. If you didn't have life at all, we don't have rights. And you know what I'm saying? 
So this understanding of entitlement mentality, we must remove it from the church. We must have a mentality of thanksgiving. As I say, we pray and supplication. Make an thanksgiving. Make your request known to God. Why? If you only pray and supplicate and you don't thank, you have only placed, you have only demanded within an entitlement mentality. And then your request has not yet been known to God. So when thanksgiving tops up your prayer and supplication, it has moved from a demand with entitlement mentality to what? To a reception with thanksgiving mentality. And that's what the church needs to understand. Praise God forevermore. So those giving to God by our own but giving by us to God, we don't have, we cannot, we cannot get obligated to do it. We thank God He did it. So the next thing is righteousness is giving to everybody in Christian by God. For doing themselves, yes, this. For doing themselves the greatest service of all, which is what? Receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior. This service, number one, is not to God, it's to us. And then, by so doing, they render the greatest service in life to God, which is what? Giving their lives to Christ. So the service is first to yourself, it's first to us, and then next to God. But what we look at when we are demanding from God is that we are doing Him a service first. <laughs> when you receive Jesus as a Lord and say, First and you think yourself the great service, the greatest service ever. You think you render to yourself the greatest service ever, not to God first. It's your soul that was saved. Something as if without you, heaven will not be complete. What's your problem? Without you, God cannot do anything. What's your problem? Receiving Jesus into your life. Amen to Jesus. Amen. And number two, righteousness is from our righteousness work on the prerogative of God the giver. He chose to do it. You didn't force it to do it on the prerogative. Only this thing came. When we understand all this, we will live a life of thanksgiving. And number five, righteousness is an appreciation. I like this. Righteousness is an appreciation, a motivation, or a boost. Given by God, the service receiver, to the born again Christian, who is the service giver. I know what I'm saying. What does it mean? So, so when we give, when we give our life to Christ, what does God do? He gives us righteousness to motivate us, to boost us, to encourage us, to appreciate us for giving our life to Him. See, you, let me tell you something. If you didn't give your life to Him, you but what a conscious God we serve. What a God that believes so much in God's What a loving and caring Father we have. That even though we will be the most to lose if we don't give our life to Him, yet when we give our life to Him, He appreciates us for doing that. He celebrates us for doing that. He motivates us for doing that. And He boosts us for doing that. What a beautiful God this is. Sound. By right, we are the ones meant to be appreciating it for the rest of our life. For 
saving our souls from hell. God does not owe us any appreciation of any kind. If I let me say this to you, God does not owe us any encouragement of any kind. If I let me put it like this, God does not owe us any motivation or any boost of any kind. He has done it all. We are the ones that owe him our appreciation, our love, our life, and our honor. But this sweet power, this daddy father, this sweet God, this caring, loving, conscious, and oh, I can explain him God. When you give him your life, which is saving your life, he still appreciates you for doing that. He still, he still boosts you for doing that. He still encourages you for doing that. And you know what that encouragement is? You know what that boost is? You know what that motivation is? You know what that appreciation is? It's called righteousness. That's the goal of this song. That will be just so long when we get born again. <laughs> Ah. <laughs> Even when you go to put your money in the bank, the bank does not give interest on saying it's not this. The interest is being part of what they rather taking from you. You deposit, they take. You withdraw, they take. You everything you do, they take. You use the TL card, they take. They are not taking and taking and taking. Why they say after all we are helping you hold your money. Somebody used uh, use, uh, what they call it, my photo of the company to steal all the money remaining in the account. That money was just small money. He stole everything. Even with the bank that says they are keeping my money, my money is not secure to them. Yes, they keep taking and taking from me. But this is a God that is securing your life, is keeping your life. He has saved you from eternal damnation. And yet, He keeps appreciating you. He encourages you. He motivates you. He And every of this is called righteousness. The waiter is actually helping himself, not another, when he carries out his own duties, which are required of him or her. It's also to have a livelihood and to stay alive. Same way the newborn again Christian is helping, or the Christian is helping himself when he or she receives Jesus as Lord and Savior. It's also you are helping yourself. Although giving to oneself by receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior is for one's good. God still appreciates us for taking that wise step by making us righteous. <laughs> what a loving God we serve. We gotta see God in the right perspective. Over the years, God has been painted from the wrong perspective. But it's time to see him from the right perspective. You are doing yourself a favor, and he appreciates you for doing yourself a favor. He's helping you, yet he's appreciating you for helping you. as his Lord and Savior. Yes. Righteousness is what the tip God gives to everyone who receives Jesus as his Lord and Lord, Savior. Same way the tip encourages and empowers the waiter to work better and harder. Righteousness encourages and empowers the Christian to serve and love God better and harder. That's what righteousness does for us. It empowers us. It encourages us to serve God better, to love him better. And they ask you, but we all is called righteousness. That was what Job had. 
But you see, God said to the devil, Have you considered my servant that he's perfect and there is no like him on the earth? And when the, the devil hits and hits and hits you, what did the wife do? Job by the way, better possible than that. Ah! But Job says, Job says something, though he slayed me, yet will I trust him. For I know that my redeemer liveth. How does righteousness empower the Christian? In order to know how righteousness empowers the Christian to serve God and love Him better, we must first know what righteousness is. What is righteousness? Now, the word righteousness is from the Greek word, dikanyoni, dikanyosoni, sorry, dikanyosoni. Um, and, and it means, Taya defines it in a broader sense as a state of him who is as he ought to be. Taya defines it as what? A state of him who is as he ought to be. Righteous. The condition acceptable to God. That is what he says. What is the state of him who is as he ought to be. This person as he ought to be. That's righteousness. That means to say the person is righteous. And the person is what? In the condition that is acceptable to God. Another way they are defined this word, justification. So what the righteousness says, righteousness is the state that man ought to be before God, and this is the condition acceptable to God. The state that man ought to be before God, and this is the condition that is what acceptable to God. Now what is the state that man ought to be before God, and what is the condition acceptable to God? This is the state and condition God made Adam, as seen in Genesis 1 verse 27. That state God made Adam. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, created him male and female, created him. If you read Genesis 2, what you see, you see, and God said, let us make man in our own image, and after our likeness, I even am saying, and he goes to say, let him have the will of the Bible, and any of that. Now, verse 27, verse 26, he says, God said, let us make man in our image, and after our likeness. So there were two things there, image and likeness, in Genesis 1, 26. I even am saying, and we see only one word there. It says, but God created him in his own image. In his own. In his own image. And then it says, in the image of God. In Genesis 1, he says, let us name another word, image and likeness. But now he says, in his own image. I think the next thing should have said, in the likeness of God. Is that also? But yet, we have to say, in the image of God. So that means, in Genesis 1, he says, image and likeness was there. In Genesis 1, he says, only image was there. Selling. But inside Selling is Demoth. Yes. 
Praise God forevermore. So righteousness is being the image of God, which is his likeness and resemblance from inside to outside. Hallelujah. That's what righteousness is. Being the image of God, which is also his likeness. Are you going to say? And his resemblance. And also his representative from inside to outside. <laughs> righteousness is, 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 is just being God. Are you going to say? It's being God. It's being God. That's what righteousness is all about. So righteousness is being like God in one or one in his nature, which is love. First John 4 verse 8, he says, for God is love. Number two, he's being like God in his lifestyle. That is his culture, which is what? Faith. Romans 4 verse 17b, he says, God, who quickened the dead and called those things with peanuts as good they Number three, righteousness is being like God in his character, which is holiness. Leviticus 11 verse 4. And he shall, for I am the Lord your God. Ye shall therefore sanctify yourselves, and ye shall be holy, for I am holy. Number four, righteousness is what? Being God's identity and personality, which is the I am. That I am. Exodus 3 verse 13, and God said unto this, I am that I am. And he said, What shall thou say unto the children of Israel? I am has sent, sent me unto you. So this is what there is to righteousness. It's what? Being like God in his what? Nature, which is love, in his lifestyle and culture, which is life which is culture, which is faith, in his character, which is holiness, and his identity and personality, which is what? I am. When this is in place, righteousness is in place. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. This is all the risk of God. I am faith, love, holiness. And in other words, I am is I am all of this. Are you getting what I'm saying? I am a very existence. Adam lost the image of God when he sinned. Thus, he lost righteousness. Here is where you When he sinned. By losing the image of God, Adam took on the image of the devil. So when Adam sinned, he didn't just lose dominion. And you know what I'm saying? He lost righteousness. Right? Because righteousness is in dominion. <laughs> so you can't claim to be dominating without righteousness. You can't claim to be dominating without abundance of grace. So when Adam sinned, he lost righteousness. He lost, he lost God's personality, identity. He lost everything about God. And that's all there is to righteousness. Righteousness is all about God. Right? You know what I'm saying? So Jesus became sin, the nature of the devil on the cross. In so doing, he made everyone who believes in and receives him the very nature of God's righteousness. Not just righteous. Are you know what I'm saying? When Jesus became sin, we were made what? The righteousness, not righteous ones. The difference between the righteousness and righteous ones. The righteousness means we are that nature that Adam lost. That nature of righteousness, that personality of righteousness. So Jesus did not die to make us righteous. No, that's why it's an insult to the death of Jesus to tell us to try to be righteous. No, Jesus did not die to make us righteous. He died and made us the very nature of righteousness. He made us the very image called righteousness. He made us the seller called righteousness. So Righteousness. We are the nature called righteousness. <laughs> uh, 
So because Adam lost the nature of God, Jesus restored back the lost nature of God. This nature of God, hear this, is a gift. You don't merit it. Adam never merited it. Adam woke up to see when the bread was being him, he came, he woke up to see himself righteous. Same way when we died in Christ, we resurrected to see ourselves righteous. We don't merit each other, bro. You don't work for it. You don't try to be righteous. It's a gift. You were just born to see yourself born. righteous. We do not and we never want to merit it. So righteousness is the empowerment of God giving or gifted to the Christian to what? Have God's nature, which is love. Number one. Number two, to have God's lifestyle and culture, which is faith. Number three, to have God's character, which is holiness. Number four, to have God's identity and personality, which is the I am. <laughs> That's why, because he is the I am, we are little I ams. Are you going to say? So, righteousness, so holiness, faith, love, they are not what we try to do. They are being gifted to us at new birth. I am is not what we are trying to be. It has been gifted to us at what? At new birth. What this makes us stand before God boldly. Why? It's a gift. I don't work for it. I don't, I don't work for what he was given to me. Because of this gift, what can I do? I can stand before God boldly. If it's something I work for, then I have to work to maintain it. If it's something I work for, when you walk before your boss, if that is a terrible boss, you will always have to be straight and, and obey and follow the length procedure in your school. Why? Because you are working to earn a living, I cannot say. But something you didn't want to do, you don't have to be afraid before the person who can tell it to you. Your boss is not giving you money, he's paying you for your service render. But God gifted us righteousness, so I don't need to be afraid before someone who gifted it to me. You are never afraid before somebody who gives to you. You are always afraid before somebody who pays you. God is not your boss. God is your lover. Yes. Are we together? So this revelation of righteousness makes us stand before God boldly and also it empowers us to do what? To shut the diabolus. When he tries to accuse us or to talk us down. Are you not saying? What is a gift? Diabolus, you can't accuse me. The Bible says, who is it that condemned me? It's the Lord that justifies it. You can't accuse me. He was given to me as a gift. God talked to God. He's the one who gave me the gift. You don't have the right to accuse me. Number two, if you want to talk me down, I shut you up. You can't tell me I'm a sinner. You didn't die for me. You didn't give me this gift called righteousness. Who are you to God? That's what God said. Just the way the prodigal 
coming and the man was coming again. It doesn't matter whether he just took Padre Yam. It doesn't matter he just took Padre Yam and he goes to Sukufa and lies to whatever head is good to talk. So long as you remember that this thing is a gift, you can shut the devil up anytime, anytime. <laughs> Some testimonies, but I just want to make you understand something that this is the key. This revelation, when it becomes your reality, is the key to manifesting the power of God anytime, any day. Rise up on your feet this moment. Can somebody pray the Holy Ghost? We have already prayed that prayer before. Lord, reveal to me what I need to manifest. Exhaust and manifest. This is what you need. So just keep praying the Holy Ghost a little bit. A little more. Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for everyone who has made this prayer. 
I thank you for accepting them in the Lord. And I thank you for the grace to follow you and serve you. I love you. It's released on them. Amen. Thank you, Lord God Almighty. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, as I was praying, the Lord began to um, speak into my spirit. Cause the spirit of fear. I don't know who is the person I'm praying for, but fear has had its grip on you for a period of time now. You're not only afraid of one thing, you're afraid of a number of things. And, and that fear, when you are born again, you are told speaking. That's the spirit of fear. The Bible says fear torments. Mm. It actually torments you till you submit to it. Are you know what I'm saying? Yes. But that is not, it's not right. You, you've been having some medical explanations to your situation. There is no medical explanation. It's a spiritual explanation. It's called fear. The word fear from the word phobia. Right? Phobia comes from fear, from, from the Greek word. Are you understand what I'm saying? And that's where the word fear comes from. So it's, it's, it's the spirit of fear. And that's the devil's major messenger. Since number two man in his in his in his reality. Lucifer, the devil is number one. The next man, the next person there is fear. That's his major messenger. And that's what I've been tormenting you. Uh, today I want to be praying with you and causing that spirit of fear. Uh, and you know what I'm saying? As I cause it, I want you to now begin to declare the opposites of what you are hearing. If you say you are going to die, you will declare, I shall need to declare the word of God in the land of the living. The Lord and the Lord satisfy me and show me salvation. Whatever is the opposite, whatever you are going to begin to declare the opposite as I'm causing it. Amen to Jesus. Wherever you are, as many as you are going through fears, just as I'm causing the fear, the spirit of fear, begin to declare the opposite. And I tell you, for some of you, you feel something leave you physically. For some of you, you see a being walk out of you. For some of you, you feel your head, something just left your head. For some of you, you feel a cool sensation, a relaxing sensation, as if um, you just become calm. For some of you, you feel a weight leaving your shoulder. And, and for some of you, you feel fire, fire, um, uh, 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 um, you feel fire running through your whole body, and you feel that it's burning off something out of you. There are many different manifestations. Some of you be shivering as I'm talking to you. Some of you, as I talk to you, you don't, you, you be slamming upon the body. There are different manifestations. It is because the spirit of fear leaving you. Random sakati badi atadabala shikadalababa di kosika di koko kosika rapada ready kando do 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 do
The Bible says God has not given us the spirit of bondage to fear. Mm. But spirit of boldness and of a sound mind. Where that we cry about Father. Fear keeps people in bondage. Today, I stand upon the authority in the name of Jesus. And I break that hold of fear over your life in the name of Jesus. Amen. That shackle, that bondage of fear over the lives of God's precious people. Be broken in the name of Jesus. Amen. That fear lives to now in the name of Jesus. Amen. I decree, come out of their bodies. Amen. Come out of their minds. Amen. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Boldness enters into you. Amen. Boldness enters into you. Amen. You surmount what was surmounting you. Shout yeah. I decree it so. Shout yeah. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. I'm a prayer for every person who is believing God for a miracle. I don't know whatever prayer you are believing God for. But I want to join my faith in your faith. I decree in the name of the Lord Jesus. Who is I am and who myself. I decree your miracle manifests now in the name of Jesus. Amen. In 24 hours, in 48 hours, in 72 hours, I stand upon the authority in the name of Jesus. In seven days, Maria Takadosha, in two weeks, in 30 days, according to the time of life, I command manifestations of miracles in the name of Jesus. Everyone person sick in the body, I cause that infirmity. I cause that sickness. I cause it to the roots. In the name of the Lord Jesus. For somebody for the past three weeks, you've been experiencing dizziness. Dizziness. It's like the whole room is spinning. You've taken medication that have to do with dizziness. You try to balance your everything you are meant to balance, but still you are still experiencing this dizziness, this dizziness, this dizziness for the past three weeks. Nothing seems to to, to solve the problem. Every time you try to stand up, the whole room spins and you have to sit back, sit down. You have to go down, you have to sit down again. Or you have to lie down. I stand up with the authority in the name of Jesus, whose I am and whom I serve. And I decree that force, that satanic manipulation in your mind, in your brain, in your system that is causing that dizziness. I decree, stop your pressure now in the name of Jesus. Amen. I command stability yes. to your two ears. Amen. I command stability Amen. to your brain. Amen. I command stability to your central nervous system. Amen. I command stability to your system. Amen. As I pray for you now, stand up. The dizziness is over. Amen. The dizziness is over. Amen. The dizziness is over. Amen. The dizziness is over. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. I see somebody, I see somebody, it, 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 it's, it's, it's an infection. It's eating your, 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 your neck from the sole of your feet. It's going up. The infection is eating you up. It's eating you up. At this point, I see it at the knee level. It's eating you up. It's eating you up. It, it, it looks like, like leprosy, quite like leprosy, but actually it's not leprosy. It's a satanic implantation and it's eating up your whole leg. It's starting with your right leg. It's at your knee level now. It's, it's, it's going up, it's going up. And by the time it's through with one half of your body, it enters into the second half. That is the satanic arrow that I shot at you. In the name of Jesus, I decree, whoever shot that arrow, receive your arrow back. Arrow, go back to center. Arrow, go back to the center. In the name of the Lord, I decree a reversal. In a sunnah, I decree a reversal. In the 
to God, we believe you've been blessed by today's word. Kindly send us your testimonies via email. To connect or receive other ministry resource by Pastor Chumdi Ohahuna and Funk Ohahuna, kindly use any of these channels of the ministry. Be blessed. <laughs>